You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Reality Ohana. Thank you so much for joining us again on Sunday for Digital House Church. Uh, happy 4th of July. Hope you're having a blessed weekend with family and friends. Um, and thank you for so much for joining us today. Um, for those of you that were at our barbecue and worship night last weekend, um, thank you for coming. It was an amazing, incredible time in our space. And we were able to dedicate that space to the Lord. And really, it was a picture of what's to come for our church family this next season at Central Middle School. Um, as you know, we've been in the book of Acts, but time to time, we have guest speakers and guest preachers at our church um, sharing uh, the word of God and what's on their heart from the spirit of God to our church. And uh, church, I am so excited that today we have uh, a dear brother of mine, dear pastor friend, Kamu Singh. Woo! Uh, this guy right here has been such an encouragement, such a blessing over the past few years. Obviously, coming from the mainland, knowing nobody, uh, starting a church, not knowing what I'm doing, and uh, really through church, church, church. shared drama, Life. complicated, uh, the, the, the highs and lows of ministry. You know, we, um, it's just been so neat for me coming and seeing the kingdom of God at work here in Hawaii. Even though we're different churches and different backgrounds and different everything, um, it's been so sweet to get to know this guy and a uh, real brother in the Lord. And um, so Kamu, so grateful Dude, to have so you preach today. To here today, man. Thanks for welcoming me. Uh, just even our relationship, our friendship. Uh, it, it does, it feels like you've been here more than you have been. Thank like you, you've completely embraced a culture, your love for the people of this, this land. Um, I just, I, yeah, I really honor and respect our friendship and I'm, I'm just grateful to do life with you. And so I'm excited to bring okay. the word today. And so church, we have the privilege and honor to hear from our dear brother Kamu, which a lot of you guys know, and I'm so grateful for uh, the kingdom of God going forth in, here in Hawaii. And so Kamu, bring it. Let's do it. How's it going, my Reality Church family? What an honor it is to get to be with you today and share God's word. Uh, and can I just start off by saying, man, how much I love your pastor. Honestly, he's the real deal. Even how we first met, I, I, was, leading, I was the lead pastor of my church, some drama happened, and a few of our guys started going to reality. And his heart for God's people is so big that he reaches out to me and desires so much to make sure that people are shepherded and taken care of. And, and honestly, I mean, we've been friends ever since. Now, before I jump in, I wanted to ask, hey, how has your global pandemic been for you, right? I mean, screen time, I feel you. Zoom call after Zoom call, schools online, works online, even church online. I mean, it's kind of nice nowadays that we're seeing a little bit more flexibility in Hawaii with things opening up again, right? Hey, and also, hey, congratulations, you guys, on your upcoming move as a church. I know you guys had an incredible worship night uh, at your new home last weekend. So Good. I, I'm literally following you guys from afar. I love what's happening at Reality. Now, I don't know about you, but 2020, this global pan pandemic, 
was one of the worst years of my life. Pre-COVID, I thought I was a person who was okay with change. <laughs> nope. And now that we're halfway through 2021, it sometimes feels like we're like inching our way back to a culture of community again. Now, let me ask you this. If people were to look at your life during the pandemic, would they be able to tell if you love and follow Jesus? Like, like the real kind of love and follow Jesus where, where, where people can actually see how you live your life with the Lord. And, and can I be real with you? I mean, honestly, if I were asked the same question, I think the only thing people would chalk it up for me with following Jesus is because I have a title as a pastor. Man, I mean, this COVID season was, is rough, but I'm glad that there's a little light at the end of the tunnel. But honestly, there was a lot to be learned in this last year and a half, right? There was a lot, there was a lot of growing. There was a lot of even what I would call mirrors. Now, one thing I can tell you, it ain't about a title or position that makes you a follower of Jesus. I'm sure all of you would agree with me. Now, for those of us that do follow Jesus, isn't it a good thing? I mean, honestly, when someone recognizes that about us, man, when we're walking down the street or, or maybe at work and, and someone says to you, hey, you're a believer, aren't you? <laughs> that is goals right there. But being marked by God isn't just about doing good things or standing out from a crowd. God has created each and every one of us for a purpose with unbelievable potential. And he's put something inside of you and me that will help usher the reality of God's kingdom here on earth. Now, the question I have today for us is, how do we know what that potential is? Like, how do we discover how we're marked. Well, my prayer is that after our time together, you'll be that much closer to figuring that out. You know, a little, a little bit about me, I have, I have two sons. I have a, a seven-year-old and I have a four-year-old. And my seven-year-old has recently been learning how to play chess with me. I mean, it's crazy, right? I, I'm not really sure how old you're supposed to be when you learn how to play chess, but I mean, when he, when he pulled out uh, the game out of one of our boxes of games, he really wanted to learn. And so I was like, all right. Now, for those of you that do play chess, you'd know that there's a lot of layers to learning and playing this game. And, and as a father trying to teach my son, in my head, I'm, I'm constantly saying like, where do I even begin? Because, I mean, you don't know what you don't know, right? And it's so, it's so funny because I'll teach him a few things, right? He'll get really confident in what he does know. And then his, his little chest starts to puff up a little and he's got this swag now like, Dad, brah, I mean, I can beat you. And so what do I do, right? Do I, do I keep unveiling the layers of complexity of chess? Or do I cream this puffy little seven-year-old? <laughs> I'll let you take a guess at what I did. But you don't know what you don't know, right? And I think the same is true with our walk with the Lord. And part of the issue with finding our, our way in really being 
a follower of Jesus is when we take what we do know, puff up our chest a little, and genuinely see ourselves farther along than we really are. I mean, for many of us, somewhere along the way, right, could be time as a believer, certain experiences, but I think there's a point where something happens in us that says, ah, I got this. Yep, I know what it means to follow Jesus, right? Like we can convince ourselves that we're good. I'm done, right? Now, if I read my Bible, listen to, to worship music, uh, watch online church, be a, be a part of a small group. If I do all these things and pos- position myself in this way, that's it, right? Like I'm good. And let me tell you, there was a point in my life where I thought that this was the recipe. But looking back, man, you don't know what you don't know. And it's crazy because there are so many moments in our life where we face things that we just don't know, right? You ever see two junior hires who are dating? Like how awkward do they look, right? One, because I mean, honestly, they don't know how visible they are with whatever hormones they're producing. And two, they just don't know yet how to navigate a healthy relationship or, or having, our, having your first kid. Man, there are books written, workshops, master classes that try to like prepare you for this moment. But you don't know what you don't know. Which by the way, hey, pray for me. Me and my family, my wife is about three weeks from giving birth to our third boy. Come on, somebody, let's go. Man, or, or, or hey, even purchase, you remember purchasing your own home? I mean, one of the biggest investments of your life, so many steps, inspections, signature after signature. I mean, is, is this the right decision we should be making? You don't know what you don't know. But I'll tell you what, even in all of this unknowing, God is still guiding our steps, unveiling the complexities of life, where at some point we can look back and really understand the big picture where we can understand what it is that we've been like put on this earth for. But the journey of that discovery isn't always clear. And and a lot of why it's hard to see is because honestly, we get in the way of ourselves. And history will even show us that this has been happening for a really long time. I mean, if we open up our Bibles there, I mean, there's the, there's the people of Israel, right? They were confident in the way their coming king would reestablish his kingdom, right? They were thinking he was going to ride in from the horizon, you know, with a mighty army and, and retake what was rightfully theirs. But instead, he rode in on a donkey alone to be crucified and killed on a cross, which in their mind loses the war. I mean, you don't know what you don't know. I, I mean, in that story we do, right? Because three days later, Jesus, the, he defeats death, rises from the grave, literally does like a, a mic drop for his people while ascending into heaven, right? That we do know. But in that time, they didn't. I mean, even the Pharisees, man, talk about like the true believers of God. These guys were the model. You want to know what to do? 
to follow God, like these guys were the ones to look at, to be like. I mean, when, when this supposed prophet started healing people on the Sabbath, these Pharisees freaked out because this was clearly like not something that represented what scripture was saying. I mean, picture this with me, honestly, just picture this because we hear a lot about the Pharisees in church as being the bad guys. But these guys were like the star players of the basketball team. These guys were the pastors. And what was happening right before their eyes was a huge no-no. And like any pastor of today would do, if things were found to be sacrilegious, bad theology, heretical misleading of what the truth of scripture says, man, they wanted to give this guy the boot every ounce of what they knew to the best of their unlayering of truth. This guy from Nazareth named Jesus was doing terrible things, but you don't know what you don't know. My personal favorite, and I actually want to open up scripture for us to read a bit, is a story of Peter, right? Mark 14, if you want to open up your Bibles. Now, Peter, aka like the rock, a disciple of Jesus is being told that he will desert Jesus at some point, right? Context, Jesus right, finished the last supper with the 12 disciples and, and, and are all, they're all on their way to, to the Mount of Olives when Jesus, as they're walking, he says this, verse 27. On the way, Jesus told them, all of you will desert me. For the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Now, Peter, hearing this from Jesus, responds with this. Even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. Now, you got to really read my version of the Bible, right? Peter, in all of who he believes himself to be, the way that he truly loves Jesus, his pure and utter devotion to the Son of God, hears his rabbi tell him, hey, you will desert me. Verse 31, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. All right, Peter, he just can't wrap his mind around this. Like there is no way that what you are saying is even possible for me, Jesus. Do you know what I've given up for you? I mean, haven't you noticed to what measure my love for you expands? Where have you been? I don't think you understand what's really inside of me, right? I'm, the, I'm one of your disciples. I signed up for this. When I said yes to follow you, I meant that. Yet, we know what ends up happening, right? Peter denies Jesus, not just one time, but three times. You don't know what you don't know. And what I love about this part of scripture is that even in the way that Peter denies Jesus, nothing of what Peter knew or not knew mattered to what measure of love and sacrifice Jesus was willing to pay for him. Like following Jesus isn't determined by what you know or what you've done. It's simply being in relationship with Jesus enough to say, hey God, I don't know what I don't know, but I trust you enough to know that you do. And I'm good with that. 
You know, in, in 2014, I took one of the biggest faith steps of my life. I left my church, C4, to help plant a brand new church in Kaka'ako called Impact Fellowship. At the time, me and my buddy TJ, man, we were a dynamic duo, literally like the yin to my yang when it came to complementary gifts, when it came, yeah, ministry gifts. But, you know, there were many moments, oh man, where I felt like we were on top of the world, like experiencing Christmas every day. In 2017, our church took an unfortunate turn. I, I ended up taking the full leadership of the church. And at that time, man, I felt unequipped and underqualified to do this on my own. But God showed up like in so many ways. So many leaders rose up. God's favor poured out. I began to grow in ways that I never thought possible. I mean, honestly, like the running joke was how much I improved in preaching alone. Like I had to learn in this process. And if you think I'm decent now, man, am I glad you can't find the messages I gave when I took over. But in all seriousness, you know, over the next two years, God was transforming me into something that I was ex extremely blessed to become. You know, as our church got healthier and more fruitful, unknowingly, bits and pieces of this like success was being anchored to my identity and value. Like what I did began to speak into how valuable or worthy I was. How I perceived my reality at the time was that God blessed me with this, with incredible skills, like for such a time, you know? And, and I remember there were so many times that on many particular weeks, I'd have to lead worship, preach, do the finances of the church, lead ministry leader meetings, counseling sessions, performing wed weddings, the list goes on. And I'd be honestly at the time, I'd be so grateful that God allowed me to serve this way. And to be honest, I do believe that in all of this season, my heart was pure. I gave everything I could to serve God's people. But you don't know what you don't know. Remember the bits and pieces of success being anchored to my identity and value? Yeah, the, the end of 2019, we, we ended up, we, we needed to close the church because we were given 30 days to, to move from where we were. And the best option available at the time was to go back home, back to C4. Now, as, as sincerely grateful as I was to be given the option to be back at C4, and especially because I knew that the church I led would have a place to fellowship, right, and not be homeless, what I didn't realize was that my value and identity had secretly molded and shaped around what I did. 2020 started, and boy, were we in for a wild ride. No one saw it coming. Right? Shortly after merging the two churches, we were looking straight into the eyes of a global pandemic. Church as we knew it was flipped upside down. It's like hugs, high fives, handshakes went out the door, online church emerged. I mean, we, we even transitioned a new senior pastor over our church. We started so many great initiatives like becoming a food bank distribution hub. But again, 2020, 
was one of the worst and hardest years of my life. And like many of you, we all just blamed COVID, right? My emotions are off because I can't hug people anymore. I'm a people person, right? Church isn't going the way that I would imagine. We aren't walking the talk like this isn't good. But what's new, right? Nothing of what we're going through has a manual. Must be COVID. I'm getting upset at, at people or about the things that normally like wouldn't get me upset about things, right? Must be COVID. I'm getting so triggered about the decision we just made as a leadership. Must be COVID. I don't know if this is a, a right fit for me, right? I value these relationships. Should I consider a new career? Must be COVID. In 2020, I felt like I almost lost myself. Like in my mind, I had so much to offer, so much to give, so much options to serve and how God could use me. I've gone through so many things in my past to maybe even prepare me for this moment. You don't know what you don't know until one day, I mean, as if God himself began to remove the scales from my eyes. I began to see this puffed up chess little boy still learning how to play chess. I began to see how prideful and destructive my heart was becoming toward people who loved me the most. I thought it was COVID. I thought that COVID was the source of all of this pain. But in reality, COVID was never the source. COVID had just become the mirror of what was happening inside of me. And when I finally saw the bits and pieces that I've been building up over time, I was humbled. And I also felt, I felt loved. Now, to be honest with you, and I'm still a work in progress. I still have moments where I struggle with not being in a position where I thought I might be by now. And in those moments, man, my, my puffy little chest comes out and I begin to believe a lie. The lie that my identity and value is, in, is found in, in what I do. The lie that my purpose and potential has already been discovered. The lie that I have already, I've arrived in knowing how to really follow Jesus. I've come to realize that I have no idea what God wants me to do. And that's actually the point. Yes, I do have gifts and talents that God will use to advance His kingdom. Yes, there is a measure of doing that will, that will partner with discovering uh, of our purpose and potential. But please, misunder please understand the entire point of what I'm trying to share with you today. Following Jesus won't, won't be defined by the level or significance of our accomplishments. It is not about what we do that will define who we are. Our mark will, will be defined by our love and relationship with the one who created us. When we begin to look at our lives in a different way, where loving Jesus, spending time with Jesus, investing into deeper and more intimate relationship with Jesus is the most important thing you can do with your life. Like that's where you begin to find your mark. Today, I wanna to challenge you with something. 
In a moment, your worship team is gonna come back and we're gonna have a sweet time of worship. As the, as the team begins to lead us, I wanna challenge you to spend a moment in reflection, a moment to ask yourself if you'd be willing to do whatever it costs to love and be loved by our God. That it's not so much yet about trying to figure it out, like, what do I do, what do I do? What will it look like? Will my time be wasted? I wanna simply challenge the condition of your heart to see that God isn't looking for more doing. I think we do a lot of doing already. It's really looking deep within ourselves to ask, hey, am I becoming who God created me to be? At the end of the day, do I look more like Jesus or someone else? Now, maybe you can relate to my story where, the, where that phrase, you don't know what you don't know, is really resonating with you, right? Maybe in the time it took me to share today, God may have been removing the scales from your eyes. I, don't, I wanna encourage you, press into Jesus, allow your heart to, to recalibrate toward Him and begin to say, yup, I'm in. I wanna be closer to God. I need to find my way back. Let this time of worship help to guide your heart and mind back to Him. Don't let this moment, don't, don't miss this opportunity, right? Sitting wherever you are, feeling like I'm good. This is probably for someone else because I guarantee if you're thinking that, you may need this moment more than you realize. Let's worship.